what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. The strength of any nation, of any country, is according to the number of people in that country that are truly born again, that love God and seek His face and pray. That's the strength of the nation. And our strength is waning today, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. And how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Kings. The book of 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2, move down if you will to verse 12. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 12. And Elisha saw it. And he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. Taking up the mantle. Elijah and Elisha are on the eastern side of the river Jordan. Somewhere around the foot of Mount Pisgah, where Moses was allowed to view the promised land, but was not allowed to enter. Elijah and Elisha are having a time of fellowship. And Elijah asked Elisha the question, What is it that you want me to do for you before I'm taken away? Now I want you to think about that question this morning. Because that is the same question that God ask of you and I today, what is it that you want the Lord to do for you? You have asked, as Elisha did, let me have a double portion of your spirit. That answer reveals his heart. There's a hunger in his heart. For more of God. Fill my cup, Lord. 
I lifted up, Lord. Come and feel this hunger in my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole with more of you, more of you. I've had all, but what I need is just more of you. Of things I've had my fill, and yet I hunger, hunger, hunger still. Empty and bare, Lord, hear my prayer for more of you. Praise God. Praise God. Is that your heart's cry today for more of God? If that was the heart's cry of our churches, ladies and gentlemen, we wouldn't see the elections going in the direction that it went this week. Are you hearing me? It just shows you where we're at today. If you have asked, as Elisha did, let me have a double portion of your spirit And Elijah said, 2 Kings 2, verse 10, you've asked a hard thing. It translates into our English a little bit clumsy. It would have been better translated, you've staked a great claim. How about it, friend? How about it, neighbor? Have you laid claim on all that God has for you? Elijah said, If you see me when I'm taken away, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Elisha had been very persistent following Elijah now for some ten years. And Elijah is saying, If you keep it up, if you stay the course, if you stay consistent and persistent, then you can have it. The persistent soul possesses the blessing. And all of a sudden it happened. The Bible says there appeared a chariot of fire with horses. And they got separated and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it no doubt Elisha being with Elijah during that 10-year period of time had seen a lot of things but my friend he ain't seen nothing like this right here we're living in an age today where nothing shocks us anymore We've just about seen it all and heard it all. and But oh, when the rapture of the church takes place. 
<laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. When the rapture of the church takes place, millions of people instantly disappear all over this world. That's going to grab the attention of the world like nothing else. In a world that has seen it all and heard it all, you ain't seen nothing yet till the trump of God sounds. Look out, world. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Do you hear that, devil? Jesus is coming. Pull your fingers out of your ears, Satan. Jesus is coming. Glory to God. Jesus is coming. Elisha saw it. And when he saw it, he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. In effect, he's saying that the strength of the nation is not in its army. The strength of the nation is not in its king. The strength of the nation is not in its wise men. The strength of the nation is not in the amount of gold or silver that it possesses. But its strength was in this prophet. The same can be said of any nation in the world today. The strength of any nation is according to the number of true born-again believers who love God and seek His face and pray. Did you hear what I said? Let me say that again. The strength of any nation, of any country, is according to the number of people in that country that are truly born again, that love God and seek His face and pray. That's the strength of the nation and our strength is waning today, ladies and gentlemen. Proverbs 14.34 says that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Psalm 33.12, the Bible said, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom He has chosen for His own inheritance. Tocqueville, who was one of the great French philosophers, came to the shores of this country in the mid-1800s, and he said, I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her commodious harbors and her ample rivers, and it was not there. In her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. In her rich mines and her vast world commerce, and it was not there. In her democratic congress and her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because she is good. And if America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. 
America is quickly losing its power today and influence in the world. Our leadership is the laughing stock of the whole world. We went to being the most powerful nation in the world to being the clown nation of the world. And two years of this, you'd think people would get some idea of how we need to be voting, and then we see the results of it. I'm like, really, people? Why are people voting like that? Because they don't know this Bible that I hold in my hands. And those that do know it don't believe it. And sadly and regrettably, a lot of church people went to the polls and voted wrong. Because they don't believe what this book says. And now, sadly and regrettably, we got two more years of foolishness and out-of-control spending. Your taxpayer money. Those of you who voted wrong, my friend, you're going to get what you voted for. And those of us that voted according to the Word of God, I got news for you. God's going to look after you. Oh, glory to God. Did you hear what I said? I said, God's going to look after you. When the children of Israel were in Egypt, slaves, God told Moses, you go before Pharaoh, the mightiest monarch on the face of the earth at that time. You tell him, let my people go. Pharaoh said, I ain't letting the people go. God sent plague after plague. Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go. One of those plagues was darkness. A darkness that was so great that it could be felt. And the darkness covered the land of Egypt, but right there where God's people were at, in the land of Goshen, there was light. Oh, are you hearing me today? Judgment all around, but God looked after his people. My friend, God knows how to look after you. He knows how to provide for you. Paul said, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Through and by what Jesus Christ did at Calvary's cross. Glory to God. He knows how to look after you. God's going to provide for us. But I see so many lost loved ones that are out there experiencing the judgment of God, and my heart breaks. And your heart breaks. Because we know it doesn't have to be this way. But my friend, the Bible says you reap what you sow. And, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. You reap what you vote for, too. 2 Kings 2, verse 12, Elisha saw Elijah no more. The great prophet of Israel is now gone, and with it the strength of the nation. Who is now going to take Elijah's place? Who is going to call the nation to righteousness? Who is now going to stand before the leadership of the nation and say, Thus saith the Lord. 
who can even remotely come close to walking in Elijah's shadow and ministry. The Bible says that Elisha rent his own clothes into two pieces. He realized that this is what he had been training for over these many years. And he was humbled by that knowledge. Going into the ministry is not a thing to be taken lightly, ladies and gentlemen. Souls are at stake. Are you hearing me? I'll be honest with you. I leave here on Sunday morning sometimes. And I beat myself up because I say, oh, I, I, I wasn't hard enough. Or maybe I was too hard. I, Lord, did I say what needed to be said? Did the message really go across? Did the people really get what needed to be said? If I was doing it within my own power, nothing would be done. But God doesn't leave His ministers alone. Those who are truly called of God, there's an anointing there. There has to be. There's no way that a minister of the gospel can preach without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I, I've, I've watched some over television who claim to be called of God. You can tell by what they're preaching they're not called of God. And the sad thing about it is the camera pans the congregation and the churches are, are packed to capacity. And then I flip over to another channel where the preacher's preaching the gospel and you can feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit and, and the, the camera spans the audience and there ain't just a handful there. People don't want the anointing today because the anointing is what breaks the yoke. And there are a lot of church people going to church today. They don't want no yoke broken because they want their sin. They want a preacher that'll tell them it's all right to do whatever you want to do, live however you want to live, just come to church once in a while and send us a check and you'll be all right. Not so. It's hard to find a preacher anymore that'll tell it like it is. There's plenty out there that'll tell you what you want to hear. It's hard to find a church that really wants a preacher that tells it like it is because they know that if they get a preacher that tells it like it is, there are going to be some things said from time to time that's offensive and we don't want to offend anybody. Well, you know, so-and-so in that church, uh, they give a lot of money, and if the preacher starts dealing with this subject over here, they're going to get offended, and they'll stop giving. And Are, are you hearing me? That stuff goes on, folks. It goes on all the time. Elisha rent his clothes into pieces. And the Bible says, if you'll look there in verse 13, he took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. Evidently, when Elijah was translated, his clothes just fell right off of him. You mean he's up in heaven naked, Brother James? No, he's clothed in the righteousness of Christ. When the rapture takes place, there's going to be clothes laying around everywhere. But you know what else? 
you ain't taking that wheelchair with you when you go up. <laughs> Glory to God. I won't need these glasses anymore, although they're Dana's glasses. Still ain't found mine. I don't know. Somebody down in Greenville's got my glasses in with their pecans. And uh, <laughs> if you're down in Greenville and you went to the Christmas show and you find a pair of glasses, give me a call. Maybe the trump of God will sound and I won't need no glasses anymore. Amen. Glory to God. Won't need no hearing aids no more. No, no, no canes. No medications. None of that anymore, ladies and gentlemen, because all we need will be there, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. But until that time comes, ladies and gentlemen, we have to take up the mantle. Jesus said in Luke 19, verse 13, he said, Occupy till I come. In other words, we need to be busy doing the Lord's work. Now, what is the Lord's work? See, there's a lot of things today that is promoted and accepted as being the Lord's work. But is it? We need to define what the Lord's work is. The first recorded words of Christ that you'll find in the Bible was when he was 12 years old. And he said, I must be about my father's business. The last recorded words of Christ was when he was hanging on the cross and he said, it is finished. He had finished the Lord's business, the father's business. What was that business? The Lord's business, the Lord's work is the cross. Are you hearing me? Now what is it that you're doing? And how does it connect to the cross? The cross is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, what are we doing to further the cause of Christ, the gospel of Christ? Winning souls is the single most important thing that we as a church body can do. That's the Lord's business. That is the Lord's work. That's the mantle, ladies and gentlemen, that we are to take up. He stands once again at the River Jordan. Jordan stands as an obstacle between him and the work that God has for him to do. There's always going to be obstacles in the way when it comes to the work of God. A good way to tell if what you're doing is of God or not is the opposition that comes against it. If you don't have any opposition, the chances are you're not doing the work of God. But if all hell is breaking loose and the devil is after you, then you're doing the work of God. H Hello? <laughs> Verse 14, 2 Kings 2, verse 14. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. The obstacles that stand in our way, ladies and gentlemen, can only be parted by prayer. And there are some things that can only be parted by prayer and fasting. Verse 15, and when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. 
And they came to meet him, and they bowed themselves to the ground before him. Only when we truly take up the mantle of God will others be able to see the Holy Spirit working within our own lives. Do you get that? Have you taken up the mantle today? I've been here at Friendship 10 years, and during that period of time, I've stood beside 23 caskets. People that worked hard in this church. And when they left, their mantle was left behind. Who took up the mantle? How many mantles in the churches have fallen to the ground because the people don't care? got other things going on are you getting this the reason our churches are in the mess it's in today is because people are just not taking up the mantle are you taking up the mantle of God today are you doing the work that God has called you to do today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.